Hello and howdy. This is the Hair and the Whole Vibe, a Trent Crim podcast. I'm Lou. And I'm Bald, and this is, once again, not a spoiler-free podcast. We will discuss the latest episode and everything else we know um, about Ted Lasso Season 3. And today we're going to talk about Season 3, Episode 3. What an episode. What an episode, indeed. <laughs> Truly, um, I, I I had a feeling that day before the episode that I totally had it figured out like I knew what was going to happen I I had such an image in my mind of what this episode would be it was none of that yeah same well I hit some of the the points but I was absolutely convinced that it was gonna end on Jesus Christ Superstar like on the uh, on the music <laughs> but by the time that rolled around we still had more than half of the episode left and I was so, getting so stressed <laughs> I was like okay what's gonna happen next I haven't prepared for this yet I mean everything also with trend I thought I was I totally had it down I was not prepared for this episode I think no. that that's why it like overwhelmed me so much because I had I I didn't expect any of the actual things that happened and maybe the things I am expecting are yet to happen but uh, this one got me good this mm-hmm. one got me even more than his first appearance because at least I knew he was gonna have his first appearance but now yeah. I'm just I was not prepared for this episode man mm-hmm. I mean. It helped a little bit that the um, sneak peek uh, that we got, <laughs> the Julie Andrews uh, scene, amazing, amazing. It was scene. so wonderful. It helped that we got that before because that kind of cued me into what to expect a little bit for the first half. But after that, I was just lost. Yeah. I mean, that scene, we can start. That was a wonderful yeah. trend scene. It's it said so much without I, I love that how Ted Lasso does that just the the little moments actually tell you so much about character relationships and just mm-hmm. characters personalities like the way that he's included but also like it's very um careful like Ted says oh you don't have to participate but if you want to like mm-hmm. this is so this is such an interesting stage that they're in with Trent because he then immediately willingly participated so he's he lives in this weird limbo where he is an observer and it gets Mm -hmm. emphasized over and over and over again that he observes and he doesn't participate Mm -hmm. but like he never like declines when he's invited yeah and that's also something that's very interesting to me because once again he is in a way taking Nate's place yeah and Nate was also very much an observer for most of his time at Richmond like every time we see a big scene like Everybody on the dance floor, everybody in the... What's it called? Jesus, my brain's not working today. That's fine. <laughs> you know where all the lads are. <laughs> the, the locker lockers. room? The locker room. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> where all the lads are. Where the lads um, go. The lad room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like scene, scenes in the locker room um, where everybody is participating somehow. Nate usually was in the background just watching and we now yeah. see that with Trent as well, but in a very different way. Like, he watches to observe, but he doesn't, like, he's taking himself out deliberately. He yeah. he doesn't want to participate in that way, maybe, or he thinks maybe that's not his place. Yeah, that's um, definitely so... something there, because every time, like, he's invited, um, he takes like the invitation when Ted says oh if you don't have to but if you want to tell us your favorite Julie Andrews movie when Sam says everyone is invited to the restaurant he also goes to the restaurant Mm -hmm. so he 
never says like oh no i'm just here to look but he mm -hmm. never seeks out these interactions like he he it's a very maybe it's because of what we talked about last time he isn't sure what his place is so mm -hmm. he tries very desperately not to overstep anything mm -hmm. But it's such an unusual thing for a character like him that we know used to wait outside the club just to get like anything on yeah. the players. And now, you know, he's constantly keeping in the background, trying not to say mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, he's he's trying to find his balance because like in the episode before we see him once again um, wait for Roy in the parking lot to beg him to give him a chance. Um, <laughs> that, that was also very fun for many reasons. Um, the parking yeah, lots. He, Ah, the parking lots, liminal space in Ted Lasso where anything is possible and um, everything sort of happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying to figure out where he fits in there. And usually he does that by staying bad, back and watching it play out. But yeah, he had his Julie Andrews character immediately ready. Yeah, he was so prepared. Was so like cute. the moment that conversation started, he was in it. And a bunch of people have pointed out that it's very funny how he reacts uh, when everybody else is just screaming yeah. over Julie Andrews and how they kind of <laughs> want to be dumbed by her, I guess. <laughs> or... Yeah, it, it was really, it was such a good shot that they picked because everyone is like nodding like, mm. and he's the only one who like, like furrows his eyebrows and shakes his head like, I do not relate to this conversation <laughs> at all. <laughs> it was such a yes. cute little moment. Yes. I take that as my gay trend confirmation because this is the only thing keeping me afloat current. Oh, after yeah, this right, episode right now we have a lot to talk about uh gay trend or not gay trend but we will get to that in a bit i uh just want to say about the julie andrews that i really liked that they all picked uh stuff like from her musical like singing years with the liza doolittle and mary poppins and maria um but that uh trend picked uh queen clarice and that's like such an iconic role, but that's probably not the first thing you think no. about when you think, oh, which is the greatest Julie Andrews role? And I kind of hoped um, that uh, Trent would maybe say Julie Andrews' character from Victor Victoria. Oh, yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> that would have been my favorite. But I think he's somehow still holding back. Like he he doesn't explain why that's his favorite uh, Julie Andrews role. I think it could be because he watches that movie yeah. with his daughter. Yeah, yeah, that's also my theory. Like that is the role that is most in his mind, mm -hmm. <laughs> just the most present. Yes. So I think he probably has a lot more to say about Julie Andrews and, <laughs> and stuff, but he's just not sharing it right now. Yeah. Also because the scene just moved on pretty quickly from yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, is there anything? I have trans orange shirt in my notes, but I have nothing to say about it other than it's glorious. I mean, it is a wonderful color. It is a wonderful design. I mean, we know that trans wardrobe is sort of an all over the place thing. And we have sort of half confirmation of trans taste in music. We've mm. suspected, but James Lance more or less confirmed that it's like prog rock and folk, mm. like, you know, 70s stuff, basically. And yeah, yeah the T-Rex shirt very much confirms that this is definitely trans mm -hmm. um, scene. But, you know, where he got it, why he wears it and why it's so bright, <laughs> nobody knows. Yeah. Um, so it's Lucy Henley on Tumblr was the person who figured it out because it 
drove me nuts and I couldn't I couldn't find the shirt um had no idea um yeah so this is we learned so much about uh Trent and his music taste by him just wearing that orange shirt and also I said that last episode that I want him to be more brave with his fashion choices and dress more yeah. funky and it's getting there he, he's beginning to do that um yeah. so that made me very happy also I realized um, in this episode, especially that there's a lot of orange in this season. Like they have these orange uh, kits um, and Rebecca wore orange and the the matchbook she had at first was orange. And uh, just orange is a very, it's very present as a color. The Dutch national football, (laughs) what is it called? Football? No, what what is it called? The the, national football team. Yeah, they they're also orange. So maybe that's sort yeah, of the joke that they're going orange. for, <laughs> like um, this foreshadowing, because technically no one's supposed to know they have an episode in Amsterdam. Let's be mm-hmm. real; like technically that's not public information that just leaked because of their shoot in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. But you could say that that's probably uh, f- their funny idea of foreshadowing: have all this orange, and mm-hmm. then surprise, <laughs> we're in yeah, could Holland. be it. <laughs> I don't know. I just enjoy the color because it's it so is. vibrant and I love seeing and it. And it especially fans. stands out this season as a vibrant color because this is the most desaturated season of the mm-hmm. show. It is that when this episode started, I fully I, I like had to check if my laptop was in black and white because it was so desaturated. I couldn't tell mm-hmm. that it was in color. Only when they yeah. started moving to like Richmond where they have like this bright red and blue. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're we are in color again. But before that, yeah. I was not convinced because they really they turned that saturation down. It's mm-hmm. it's very very threatening. I just realized something else that's orange is uh, Colin's Lamborghini. Yeah, what I thought with a uh, trend wearing the orange shirt is that it's also somehow a way for him to try and fit in, like with the orange kits and <laughs> the orange <laughs> vibes idea. of everybody else. I love that. So that made me very happy that Trent is actually um, starting to get more funky with yeah. the way he dresses. It, I mean, whether it's like Trent trying to fit in, but like the show kind of connects him to the rest mm. of the characters by having him wear the exact same shade of orange, bright orange. Mm. It's a sweet thought. Yeah. Also, that- I mm. almost forgot to mention because I also didn't write it down, but I just remembered. I made such a big deal of it last episode that eventually the lanyard will come off because he's going to mm-hmm. be part of the family. Already done. Already gone. He's not wearing that shit anymore. I was like oh, so no. ready for that to be like this huge moment that's like mm-hmm. subtle. But if you notice it, it feels like a big deal. But no, it, it was, was just, just not gone. already not there anymore. I guess it was just I first day. Notice. I guess he just wore it for his first day. Like, um, mm-hmm. please don't kick me out. It's me. Yes, I, I work here now. Okay, bye. And <laughs> after that, he chucked that. Oh, that's beautiful. Fail. A fail on my part, I admit. <laughs> or maybe they speed ran this arc. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe they wanted to immediately communicate it. I don't know. Yeah, I think like the the uh, the point where everything changed was the shower yeah, scene with probably. Roy. Because yeah. after that, it was just very clear that yes, this man is now a part of this yeah, team in in a way. I just kind of thought it would take longer. Yeah, I get that. But that that happens with this show a lot. I I also thought a lot of the things that happened in last in the in the episode before 
um, were gonna be spread out across the season. They very much mm-hmm. weren't, so it's not that shouldn't be that big of a shock that the lanyard thing mm-hmm. was also just dealt with straight away. Yeah, I mean they have a lot of story to tell. Maybe That's they just true. need to get through it, like especially with the time lapse we had um, in this episode alone. Yeah, I don't know the time how jumps many games they played. were wild. I was yeah. sitting there like I need to ask you who knows football how long roughly it would take to play this many games uh because i, yeah, I have I didn't no concept it, it, it depends on how many games there were oh i, I do not know anything about I, I didn't pay too much attention to that honestly i would have like i mean they went from like 20th place to like third place i mean we didn't see all the games they played we only saw mm-hmm. like some of the highlights but like they had to play enough to rise that high. Yeah, but the thing is, you gain three points for every win, one point for every tie, and then also other people when they uh, when they lose, they move down. Um, so it doesn't take that long to you can you can rise up pretty quickly. Because I think, given the sort of general character development, it could not have been more than two weeks, right? Like that would be insane to be like, oh, we just skipped two months, which is exactly the amount that would have been between like season two and season three. And we just speed run it in just one episode, right? Like it had to have been like very few weeks because it feels- Two is is not enough, but uh, because that it was at least four games that they played. So it was at least a month. What a um, move. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that's just TV logic that uh, when nothing happens like in an that, entire month. Uh, we see some things that change or that, that develop, like uh, that little moment with Roy and Trent that I absolutely love. Oh, yeah, that was so cute that they are established as friends now. Yeah, they're very cool. And I love that it was so sweet that Roy yeah. said, uh, Did you think your book would be a fairy tale? It was so cute. Um, and I think it's very funny because right now it doesn't really feel like a fairy tale to me because I still see it very much from Ted's point of view or maybe even Jamie's point of view that this is kind of horrifying. That is the point, though. I mean, we we are supposed to understand that to everyone else, this is like exactly what they wanted. This is like their mm. highlight. This is a fairy tale to have yeah. this steep of a success rate because of a single player that everyone loves. Like we're supposed to very clearly understand this is a highlight mm. to everyone except like these few people who see through the shit and see the underlying problems and like feel Mm -hmm. personally negatively affected by it Mm -hmm. yeah i think even in world some people might see that as not a good thing because you know there's this whole stuff about um professional football being kind of broken when it's manipulated by too much money or too much like when it depends all on a single person or player and I think even in world, like the the first time in my life I respected is George, is that his name? The the one who was the previous gaffer at Richmond mm. and then turned pundit. Yeah. Um I, I don't know, that guy. Yeah. Um when when he said that this is this has nothing to do with being a great coach or like coaching a great team. This is not Ted's doing. It's literally just Zava. Um and nobody cons- controls that. Um, so he in a way is aware that it's kind of broken as a system or as a team and in at least that one thing I agree with him that it shouldn't all depend on one star player yeah I mean that is I think the show does want us to 
realize mm. that very much. I mean, that's why we focus on Jamie so much. Um, mm. But I think they want it to be like understandable that everyone celebrates this mm. wonderful success. Also, we are that. absolutely I, I, off topic, well, well, veering hard say, off that. the highway off the topic. <laughs> none of that has anything to do with Trent. Uh, but <laughs> anyway um yeah that little moment of of Brian and Trent that, that was very sweet and also that was a shirt that uh, Trent wore before yeah that and I think even a jacket he wore, he wore before maybe uh possible but the shirt was the one he wore in the pub when he had yeah. his date with the um, strange <laughs> mustachioed man um I I just I find it so sweet I know I say this every episode but I, it blows me away that this minor character really matters so much to these people like I'm so used to characters being completely like scrapped clean and started over and stuff like that, that them mm. like keeping his wardrobe yeah. feels like such a loving gesture, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is, I know the bar is really low, but that is where the bar is, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but that just makes Trent so autistic coded to me that he mm. wears the same stuff over and over again. Oh, yeah. He's just a little guy who likes his his things. This cartoon character thing he's got going on where he always has to wear a blazer and always a shirt and always like these comfortable shoes is that like it's he has three outfits. He rotates. Mm -hmm. That's very, very autistic of him. I love yes. him. Uh, I love him. So yeah, I think that's pretty much all about Trent in that moment, right? Is there more to say? I mean, he was adorable as hell. He was absolute so baby girl. I love it when yeah. he's happy. Yes, it is funny um, because he, like, we know now that he's a part of the team, but there's not that many shots that we see him in in that episode. Like, yeah. um, sometimes when you expect him in the background, I'm I'm just sitting there and I'm like, who? Like, where is he? Why is he not here? But I think that might be a deliberate choice because I think you said that uh, when everybody's there in the locker room to greet Zaba, uh, who's not there? It's Trent Krim. He's sitting in his office writing and he's only there to react when Zaba runs into uh, uh, Ted and Beard's office. And when they follow him, then we see that he has, must have been sitting there this whole time <laughs> at his desk. Yeah, this entire event, he skipped the entire event for Zava because he was like, well, I'll write. I, I, this is what I'll be doing while y'all yeah. wait out there. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was very Respect. interesting to me because he, like, he clearly knows how important Zava is. He's the one who informed Ted who yeah. that is and, yeah. and uh, why it would be a big deal. Um, but maybe and... it's the 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 autism. He was like, "Oh, big event! No, I'm not doing yeah. that. Too many people, <laughs> much too loud. I'd rather sit in my little quiet office and write my book." Yeah, <laughs> Which, I love big mood. I've done that before. Uh huh. Oh, same. And I, I love that he's even sitting behind like this glass window. Just <laughs> it was so out. funny. <laughs> because yeah. the way they framed it the door was open but you couldn't tell so uh -huh. it just looked like he was in this terrarium like <laughs> absolutely stuck behind it just watching as things unfold mm -hmm. around him it was so funny why is yeah. he so good at this but before <laughs> i forget because you you before we started talking about this terrarium moment mm -hmm. um this inclusion of trend as part of this afc richmond family the the scene where he talks to Roy where they walk in together they walk in with the team after mm -hmm. a game which I never would have expected Trent to 
be able to do like if to mm-hmm. me he sits somewhere completely different and like he finds his way to his office eventually to the locker room mm-hmm. but in this moment he like explicitly walked in with Roy the coach with the entire team as part of them it was yeah. a very nice visual touch there oh yeah I love that I wonder where he is though like during the games because we don't we see him during the away game in Chelsea but we don't see him during the Richmond games and we really want to know where he where he chills mm-hmm yeah, we've never seen him in the stadium. Like, the never, time. not even before. Like, yeah. we just don't know where he is when when they're playing. Maybe he really genuinely doesn't like crowds. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. he's never out there. Oh, that's a sweet thought. That'd be a sweet I like touch. That. Like, I'm a sports journalist, but also uh, <laughs> stadiums. <laughs> I respect that. I like. I'm a football fan, but uh, it it takes me like I I need to emotionally prepare myself yeah. to actually go and watch a match live. Because it's be, scary. <laughs> it would be a sweet touch to the character, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna um, decide now that that's canon to me. <laughs> as as far as we know, it's. I mean, so far, I mean, this might have started at school for him. You know, when he never mm-hmm. attended any of the events because why? Why would he? And he hid in the library and and was reading mm-hmm. books. Probably yeah. never completely got rid of that instinct. Also, um. Still, while we're still doing the first part of the episode, um, this is a reoccurring theme already. People saying something and then looking to Trent and going, mm-hmm. don't put that in the book. Mm-hmm. This is very, very delicious considering mm-hmm. the way things are developing in this episode mm-hmm. and just for Trent in general, because this is still a very clear, like as much as he's already included in this AFC Richmond family, there is still something about him people don't trust, rightfully so, probably, mm-hmm. because we know there's something going on with him that's not 100% um, what what he says. Mm-hmm. But there's this deep distrust still of Trent. Even the people who, like, Higgins likes Trent. Like, he, he mm-hmm. doesn't, like, mind him being around. He was one of the people who was against him writing the book, though, because there's this deep instinct in these people that this man cannot be fully trusted with mm-hmm. sensitive information. So every time he, someone says an offhand silly comment and they immediately, their instinct is, Oh, please don't put that in the book. Mm-hmm. I really want to know whether this, where they're taking this joke, because I think they might be taking that quite far. Oh yeah. Especially considering the yeah. ending, but it is, it is very funny, especially because like and tr- when when uh, uh, when Higgins says, "Please don't put my diarrhea in the book," and Trent tells him, "Yeah, I won't yeah. because I don't know how it's spelled." He plays it off with a joke, which is uh-huh. interesting. And I love that Beard then immediately tells yes. how it's spelled. And yeah, it's it's um, there's a, like an interesting position that he has because people have stopped kind of um, censoring themselves around Trent. But they're still highly aware of what they're saying and how it sounds like uh, to an mm-hmm. outsider now. So yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see that play out. And then there's also this comment that um, Shandy makes during the sort of interview preparation with the other players where she suggests that they say something shocking to go viral. Mm-hmm. And there's this like apparent fear that Trent is going to do that for them against sort of their mm-hmm. will. Uh, very obviously because 
I think this is going to come up with Colin eventually this idea of please don't put this in the book please don't make this public like this this whole three these three points Colin's coming out this weird comment about like say something shocking to go viral like it's good mm. like good attention and Trent writing and mm. just Trent's general apparently distrustiveness uh, that he exudes mm. <laughs> um, I think this is going to to like combust eventually into something very very interesting. Yeah, um, and we will get to that in a bit. But I still think maybe is there more we have to talk about um, with the rest of the restaurant scene before we skip right to the ending. I mean, he doesn't do anything. He's just. I mean, it's sweet that he's there. I think it's mm -hmm. super super sweet that he's there. Um, I feel like Sam probably like approached him after this locker room scene to be like hey you are definitely also invited please realize mm -hmm. that because he then when Trent leaves like approaches him with like a matchbook and it's like here and mm -hmm. it's their sweet exchange like mm -hmm. Sam is I mean we know Sam is a sweet sweet boy he would care about yeah. Trent he he it's sweet that he invited Trent to I think he really did that very explicitly mm -hmm. and it's sweet that Trent came along because this is the sort of family moment and he got to be there too doesn't mm -hmm. do much only briefly sits with ted but we have nothing mm -hmm. in terms of dialogue there so no it's just the general like people move around during an evening and talk to each other mm -hmm. thing as far oh. as we can tell but also for a while he just like when he sits with ted there's also will there and i think even... will is there almost the entire night and <laughs> like mm -hmm. opposite him i think yeah. will is too nervous to move around i think he just stays put and because trent also just stays put these yeah. two just sit there all night <laughs> that's fair but also like we know that the kid man is the one who probably sees the most and knows the most like oh will yeah knows everybody in this cupboard knows what's going on oh, there yeah. so probably a good person to talk to if you're Trent Krim and writing a book about the club yeah. um so that was I, I think a nice touch too and of course that uh Ted sat with them for a while when Beard and Jane got too uncomfortably <laughs> um you know whatever it is they got going yeah ah uh, Jesus I do hope they break up oh right? yeah uh, oh well but yeah, he's there. He talks to Ted. He talks uh, to Will. He um, like Sam comes up to him to to say goodbye. He leaves. Interestingly, maybe um, when Ted starts talking to Sassy and kind of doesn't stop talking to Sassy. Like in the background, we see mm. Ted and Sassy standing there talking for quite a while, and that's the moment where Trent leaves could mean something maybe could. maybe could mean something maybe it's just the yeah it's hard to say because the show has a lot of like very clear like foreshadowing things but mm -hmm. sometimes there's just no other way to time things because if you yeah. want to like, move on to like trend leaves the restaurant and this is just sort of the last conversation you feel like have is that there's also continuity and stuff like it's yeah it's sometimes hard to say it could mean something maybe mm -hmm. but i don't know if trent would be oh the, maybe it's not like a character motivation thing but like a, a sort of visual message from the writer thing i don't know maybe yeah it, it probably depends on how much i'm putting on my tin hat to prove <laughs> that that's actually meaningful <laughs> could, be, could be nothing I, that's a terrible thing with the show someone said that like this episode throughout so many like actual foreshadowings but also so many red herrings it's absolutely mm -hmm. impossible to know where what we're going what what's happening next mm -hmm. like anything could be something as usual with the show yeah 
also just with the with the pure like length of the episode and then all the beats that they covered so much was happening i have not a single uh clue as to where any of this leads i don't have um i I cannot see through all this mess no it will be very very cool to watch this back once the whole episode uh, once the whole season is out um but right now i'm just a little bit lost and that's okay yeah and that brings us to this absolutely buckwild insane final scene once again this episode is ending on trend yeah like the last episode is this just going to genuinely be the theme we're just ending on trend every episode is this going to be the show now oh i would love that but because just... it is because we know that beginnings and endings of seasons and episodes are like really important in this show mm-hmm. and this is the second time in a row that trend is the one we're ending on mm-hmm. and we began with colin and ended with trend yeah. so that's also like a nice framing i mean this is we already know that trend and colin and the coming out thing is like an arc where these people come like together we just didn't mm-hmm. anticipate it would be like this <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I, yeah I genuinely oh. i was shook because i was like oh yay it's the shot from the trailer uh-huh immediately crushed to death by this moment okay for me it wasn't the the opposite way around he walks out there he like <sighs> it's dark he his clothes are dark the song starts playing and i'm i'm immediately worried like oh my god what's gonna happen now is have all these people who said that Trem, trent is some, somehow yeah evil and bad have they been right but then it's just like he walks there, he sees Colin and his boyfriend making out, and I was immediately relieved. Like, oh, okay, no, no it's okay, just that. yeah, I know what you mean. I did have that brief thought too. Like, oh my gosh, he's gonna pull out a phone and be and like talk. Like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. But like, I was just really happy that it was the shot from the trailer. Like, oh, are we mm-hmm. gonna find out? Was it like an evil thing or not? And then I was completely. It felt like being hit by a truck, seeing Colin and his boyfriend and seeing Trent see them. I was like, oh no, what? No, what is happening? This is not what I expected. Hang on. Because I knew Trent eventually would find out, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it would happen like like this in this episode already. I, yeah. I didn't I thought that they would go a little slower. So mm-hmm. and listen, James Lance is such an amazing actor, but for someone who has spent this entire show reacting so vividly and so clearly. He chose the most ambiguous facial expression possible. Mm-hmm. And it's infuriating. It's infuriating. I want to mm-hmm. know what Trent is thinking. I need yeah. to know. It's so mean to end the episode on this cliffhanger where we can't even like actually make a genuine guess at what, what this mm-hmm. means for the characters. And that's probably pretty much what they intended. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I, I know this is on purpose, they... but it makes me yeah. so mad because this character has been such a champion of being hilariously reactive in mm-hmm. everything and very clearly letting his thoughts show in his face. Mm-hmm. And this is the one time where they're like, no, mm, yeah. could mean anything. But and yeah, right off the bat, I think I want to say I don't have the feeling that um what they're trying to get across here or what they're trying to tease here is that Trent is gonna out Colin because I, I, I think people like I saw people say that or s- saw people accuse the show of implying that and to me that doesn't read I, anywhere I think that the show might like want it 
to be like this heavily and big like they want some people to think it goes that like they have the song where it's like everybody knows they have you know the the, the sort of seeing someone and not like acknowledging it, it there's always this vibe of oh will this person out there especially because it's Trent who has previously done something like this along those lines mm-hmm. so I think they definitely wanted it to like at least feel a little bit like a possible outcome that Trent might out Colin mm-hmm. but like looking at the character arc and looking at the story and at and at all, looking at all the things that we know are to come it's in my opinion still the most unlikely um mm-hmm. way it goes because again we already give the spoiler warning but spoilers possible for like future episodes we know that only in Amsterdam like when which is episode six Trent and Colin like address this like this is only mm-hmm. only episode six when Colin finds out that Trent knows and Trent reveals mm-hmm. that he knows so at least for the next couple of episodes he's not gonna do anything about it and I think if Trent was supposed to be like this evil trickster who is only here to get secret information i think they he would have probably leaked that to the press or some shit like that um, in the meantime or because everyone's like oh he'll out him in the book do you people know how long it takes to publish a book Mm -hmm. (laughs) by that time this man has already come out on his own terms you know what i mean like this cannot be trent's plan like it is insane to think that he sees colin there and it's like i write this in my book and then i publish it and nobody will know until it's published Mm -hmm. no even as much as this show follows like um rom-com logic where some things aren't like necessarily super realistic uh even even then it's highly unlikely that that would be in any form Trent's plan or idea it doesn't feel like Trent I think uh, the point has become very clear that uh Trent has left that part of himself behind that made like that put him in that position of having to out Ted for his panic attacks and also it's the year 2023 and this is the tv show ted lasso it's uh you know there's there's not a single thing that tells me that they will forcibly out a character by like a beloved fan favorite that they just made like made even more likable this season it it, that would be absolutely nuts it it would be like the kind of plot twist i expect from lesser shows not from this show like this show is when it establishes a character a certain way it doesn't make it a plot twist that they're secretly evil or something like Mm -hmm. that like they they are very good at like telling you what a character is like no matter what they show like we know that Zava is not like this wonderful magical sweet human being that he acts like we can tell Mm -hmm. from the way he is around Mm -hmm. everyone that this is not his truth we don't need this to be a plot twist like it's not like surprise he was actually a dick like we know this um so they they wouldn't like be like uh, yeah Trent is totally everybody's friend but surprise he then outs this young gay player this is absolutely Mm -hmm. wild to me to assume that after everything they've done with this character now yeah also because um, I think I said this once before that um, at least in Germany and I have to assume that it's kind of similar in the UK outing a football player is kind of one of the big no-goes in journalism and Ted Lasso the show might not be aware of all the um, like the social rules around football they sometimes mess up 
like football stuff. But I think if you're planning a story like that, like that, um, like around Colin, you would have to like be aware of that somehow. Yeah, because I mean, the forcing someone to come out like blackmailing or just being like, "Hey, I just told the press I leaked this information," say such a tired story. They mm. wouldn't go for that, even if it was a different character. Yeah, no, I don't see it. I mean, it, there's a reason that no football player has been outed in, yeah. like, decades. Yeah. Because that's just not something that happens anymore. And it's not because there's no gay football players. And it's not because they're <laughs> not, like... I'm pretty sure some of them are being not that careful. Uh, no, <laughs> um, yeah. No, so, 100%. I mean, there's been millions of football players. Yeah. Surely, if that was, like... A thing people did we would know about a lot more from being gay like it's just mm-hmm. not done you just don't yeah. know them and mm-hmm. it would take a lot of like reverse character development for Trent to suddenly be that person. yeah I think we can move on and both agree that uh, this is not gonna happen mm-hmm. but still something that interests me is what do we think right now are the chances of Trent being gay pretty okay i think because i like the idea that he is like gay himself and thinks of himself as like oh i'm older i mean i know this world i know what it's like being gay Mm -hmm. in this general like environment i'm gonna help this kid and maybe it's like not what colin wants or needs or whatever and like there's sort of this conflict in the story that eventually leads to the coming out where either like either Trent is like you cannot you have to be more careful you you cannot come out in this environment mm-hmm. and Colin is like but I, I really like feel like I should or Trent is like hey you could come out this could be a big thing and Colin's like I really don't want it I'm fine mm-hmm. like I, that could be an interesting story you mm-hmm. know an older gay man with a certain experience and a younger gay man with a different experience trying mm-hmm. to like decide what what's you know the best way mm-hmm. to go so personally i mean personally i don't even think there has to be a conflict there maybe they just i just i feel like it's a story right there is always some kind of conflict it would feel weird if everyone agrees on everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) know what i mean i I couldn't imagine the story without like something or maybe it's just straight up this idea of don't put that in your book like colin doesn't want trent Mm -hmm. to know because he's still also kind of afraid of friend (laughs) could also just be that as 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 a baseline yeah, what what I would rather think is maybe that that the main conflict is that Colin is just generally scared of anyone finding out. So of course it's Could terrifying be, yeah. for Trent to find out, especially because of who Trent is yeah. and or, or who th- Colin thinks Trent is. But uh, that it doesn't have to be a conflict in that way. Um, it just can be the first stepping stone of Colin realizing that people can be on his side and yeah. he gets to decide who he shares it with but he doesn't let like has to he doesn't have to let the the fear control him like yeah uh, there's people he can tell and probably he can tell his team like uh yeah but there's this yeah that they're they do a very good job at establishing why he hasn't and doesn't Mm. oh yeah and just before we go to that scene because even though it's not trend related i want to briefly talk about it because it does Mm -hmm. relate to trend in the sense that it's colin's coming out but yeah i mean like the conflict in like the sense of story conflict like things that move a story Mm -hmm. into a certain direction did we talk about jake daniels on the podcast before Uh, we haven't but okay 
because yeah. maybe maybe that's an interesting starting point. We know um well there's this young, very young player um Jake Daniels who came out just a year ago. I think it was May last year and um he's in the Premier League um and just shortly after his Premier League debut uh, debut he came out on his own terms with the help of uh, several people and organizations um, who deal with this kind of thing. Um, and it was a huge deal. Like he was, I think, 18. He was very, very young. And it's interesting because what he did was very different from what several experts expected to happen in terms of which footballers will and can come out. Because the usual prediction is like, well, it has to be something uh, like someone nearing the end of his career um somebody who is already pretty established who doesn't have to fear about losing um his spot um in the leagues um or like losing his sponsorship deals i just want to then... throw in real quick for people who don't know he's like the first active player who came out because we didn't make that clear before i think oh right yeah that... well he's he's the first active player in the premier in the league. premier league there's, yeah that's what I mean. there's also somebody one other player in australia i uh, what's his name something something Cavallo I I'm sorry I don't remember and then there was this one case um of uh also men's football by the way yes. let's specify that women's yes. football is not like that <laughs> very different um, environment <laughs> yeah still has its issues but yes very different um, and yeah, there was this player in the 90s, uh, 90s um, Justin Fashanu, um, who's like very like famously got kind of bullied and pushed into coming out or was outed. I'm not sure 100%. It was kind of a messy thing um, and who um, also took his own life because of that, because of how that whole thing played out. And that was 30 years between then and now this person coming out and that's pretty much all we have in the professional leagues in the whole world in active players yeah. so yeah that was a big big deal and what i what i'm trying to get to with that is um there is a shift in younger players and how coming out is supposed to be handled in football and maybe this kind of fear that you cannot be a gay football player um, and play professional football um, is starting to uh, move in a different direction. And I would love to see that story play out with Colin too. And like, I mean, the, I think the interesting thing is that he came out while Telasso season three was shooting, ending shooting or something. And they had already, they already had this Colin arc down very clearly. And I'm very curious to see if this has influenced the way the story goes. Um, mm. because like you said experts had like their ideas of like how would a player come out and the show mm -hmm. Ted Lasso like specifically picked Colin who's very similar uh, to Jake Daniels in terms of like where he is in his career and um, mm -hmm. you know status in general so mm -hmm. I wonder if that like in any way influenced their writing like they we know they did a lot of reshoots and stuff like that I wonder if you know that was mm -hmm. what it was for if if this sort of real life story inspired them to change up their fictional story mm -hmm. because I also I like the idea that maybe they will also go over this like history of gay men in football in professional football to like mm -hmm. emphasize why this would be a big deal what's also very interesting I have watched 
plenty of media about gay footballers um, over the years. And there's this kind of pattern where people like where usually the story ends before or right after the coming out, because that's something that fiction writers could not um, imagine how it plays out because there were no real world examples. And so a lot of stories about um, like gay footballers end either before they come out or um, right at the coming out point. Um, or it's even um, a version where like they don't come out and they stop playing professional football because it's so unlikely. Or like people cannot imagine even in fiction a world where you can be gay and out and be a professional football player. So um, even that feels meaningful with Ted Lasso with tackling that kind of story. And I'm so interested to see um, yeah. if they... Um, if they make it past the coming out point. Good point, because it's hard to say. We have not enough hints to know if like, mm. it takes them to the fucking finale to get there or if it'll be sooner. I mean, I mean the, the Birdcage song. Yeah, because it could finale. be like, this is like the big moment, like yeah. coming out and the big, oh, we love and support you and then end. Yeah, that could absolutely <laughs> be it. And I wouldn't blame them for that because like you said um they they started filming and especially they they had stopped writing um that yeah. season by the point um that Jake um Daniels came out so they could absolutely build, be, still be living in that world where people cannot imagine how um a coming out of a gay footballer would go so we'll see mm. On that note, they're all queer. Let's be real. We've all watched the scene, right? We've all seen oh, that. Right, yeah. We all that saw was... that, right? We all heard that. <sighs> they're all not the... straight. They they talk, they say that they're straight, but these men are exceptions. But that's not true. They, that's not a thing that exists. They didn't even say that that they were straight, right? They just that's a good point. said, I'm <laughs> gay for Sava. Wait. <laughs> and Sam says, uh, well, some some uh, men are just so wonderful that they exceed like so sexual orientation. None of them said that they were straight. <laughs> like the idea that we follow Colin as like the guy who's not out and who like takes part in this like haha gay talk like uh, some men are you know like he takes part of it as like pretending to be straight but the idea that that's what all of them are doing is so fucking hilarious yeah. that now i'm really rooting for that just for the hilarity of them all being like oh thank uh -huh. god <laughs> that's like Me that too. story with <laughs> What what's that story again with the gang uh, where they were all undercover cops <laughs> <laughs> something like that you know they're all just pretending and trying to get each other to <laughs> oh because yeah you're right none of them they're straight none of them explicitly say hey I'm straight but mm -hmm. they all talk like Colin talks like yeah it could that is the the wonderful thing about the scene Colin does it could be all of them. Yeah, we're just following like, Colin because you know one of the classic red herrings. Like <laughs> you thought, uh -huh. <laughs> like Colin's yeah, just the I... le least careful one, I guess. You know, having a boyfriend and like making out in fucking public with his boyfriend. Yes, maybe. Like the the making out in public was pretty not smart. I mean, but I guess that it was necessary that was... from a storytelling perspective, but like yeah, be for fucking yeah. real, he would not. Come mm -hmm. on, he's not that stupid. 
he's probably not because we see before how how good he is at acting straight and especially like acting like a straight footballer like he has that tone and that kind of conversation down to a dot he is so good at it like the way he so casually says well you convinced me i'll have sex with zava nothing like this is football like men's football culture like absolutely um like hit perfectly because i have seen so many apparently straight footballers talk to each other like that and even in public like on social media and it's just normal because they do it in the straightest way possible and colin manages that so perfectly i love it i love the idea that it's sort of this excellent Uh self-fulfilling thing where everyone pretends but everyone actually means it, yeah. but like everyone pretends uh-huh. that they don't. And it's jo- like, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing yeah. to imagine I mean, that's happening. Yeah. Like Richard fooled me absolutely for, for, for a Yo. second because he, he takes his time before he adds, well, I'm gay for Sava. Um, because what if he was just waiting to see how people would react yeah it does the whole scene has that vibe yeah they're just throwing it out there seeing how far they can go and of course it's all jokes of course they don't mean it also i recently talked on this podcast about um but cassidy and the sunnets kid and like a reference to the movie and who gets a fucking shout out during the men who are hot (laughs) section it's fucking paul newman hell yeah i win i win i win you win. I, win. I think. I win at show. I think we. Yeah. Which is the thing that's totally possible to achieve. Yes, you you did win. I it felt like a punch in the gut, but <laughs> it was a win. <laughs> felt good. Yeah. I wonder if also, that's like. I wonder right. if later, like Ted does make that reference, like I'm Paul Newman, you're Catherine Ross. I wonder if they threw in Paul Newman earlier for people who don't know who Paul Newman is, that they already Googled him. So when Ted <laughs> says it later, they get it. <laughs> Maybe. No, probably not. But I just, oh, that, that well. made me very happy to hear him mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what an incredible scene. Just a bunch of football lads standing there talking about how hot this one guy is and how badly they want to fuck him up. <laughs> absolutely incredible none of them are straight i don't nope. believe it nope oh we did not talk about trend as much as we should on a podcast dedicated to trend <laughs> let's be completely real but i just so that we actually talk about trend to end this episode he looked so fucking good this episode especially during the final uh-huh. scene hello oh, hello yes. beautiful man absolute dreamboat um yeah beautiful beautiful man um, the most beautiful yeah genuinely wow Thank, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, may- maybe one last thing we can talk about um, is, yeah, what what, uh, what what will come next? Because if we end on Trent and this cliffhanger, do we, they will not let us wait for three whole weeks before they address it in some way again, right? I we hope will not. Have to... No, I mean, what I'm expecting is like scenes like the scene where the players like, discuss like this like gay talk and Colin pretends mm-hmm. to be straight and or like maybe even another scene with like he, where he's like hey remember my good buddy and Trent is p- present and like 
looking classic reaction stuff like mm -hmm. okay i know what's going on nobody else knows it's just me okay well what am i going to do with this information so we might see him mm -hmm. in this sort of situation i think again where he like knows something and he absolutely does not like know how to breach yeah. the subject in any way mm -hmm. well i think he will absolutely not tell anyone about nope. what he saw i also don't I think that he will keep that to himself yeah. i mean the only thing i could see if there's somebody like really close like a partner um or a, a close family member who has nothing to do with the club who maybe doesn't even know who colin is maybe talking to this person about it maybe maybe there's a scene where we finally meet his daughter next uh, episode and then he well he wouldn't probably tell her about that but <laughs> he, he would not tell a five-year-old about um, this <laughs> i i no, but but he would he would maybe say something like that that he yeah. is uh, thinking about um, how he can help somebody somebody with some yeah. exactly that's, yeah uh, kind of difficult but he doesn't know how to bring it up something like that some some scene like that that at least like reminds us that this happened and that Trent is actively thinking about it and that this is a hundred percent going to come up in the future. Yeah, because they ended it like with that cliffhanger. So they know we will be actively thinking about that and they have to give us something on it. Why did it have to be a cliffhanger like that? It killed me. Uh, it hurt. It was rough. But it, yeah, was, it, was I, it was wonderful to see the episode end on him. I hope this is just every episode mm -hmm. now. Please. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe we, we start the next episode with Trent waking up to an empty bed exactly like Colin just did but this time he like there's nobody else there because it's just him and yeah. his little daughter that would um, be cute uh, yeah I'm like forever rooting for a single trend just because Same. I want the pining to be real and if Same. it's not real then I want to be able to pretend like it is exactly like, I'm fine if he has actually, like, if he does actually have a partner, but it's not my preferred <laughs> route. Yeah, I think uh, I, th I think we, we definitely addressed the most important parts of this episode now. And um, I think we can wrap it up here because this cliffhanger is killing me and I can't think about this any longer. Yeah, uh, I think it's a, it's a good ending point. Yeah, so that's it. Um, we want to thank David Hyde for the music and Mykonos Salome on Tumblr for our beautiful cover art. And also thank you everybody for listening and for hanging out with us, especially for all the kind messages. Once again, we're not gonna record another bonus episode um, every week. We might do that sometimes, but uh, we will just reply to your messages um, as you send them on Tumblr. Uh, speaking of Tumblr, you can reach us there on crimcast.tumblr.com or you can also send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com because as always, we, we love, love our, our chat! chat. <laughs>